Daniel Bienvenu had, by dint of holy deeds and gentle manners, filled the town of Day with a sort of tender and filial reverence. Even his open hostility towards Napoleon had been accepted and tacitly pardoned, as it were, by the people who adored their emperor but loved their bishop. In 1815, Monseigneur Bienvenu reached his 75th birthday, but he did not appear to be more than 60. In the evenings he would pace slowly in his garden. It seemed to be a sort of rite with him to prepare himself for slumber by meditation in the presence of the grand spectacle of the nocturnal heavens. This quarter of an acre, so poorly planted and dotted with mean buildings and sheds, was dear to him and satisfied his wants. A little garden in which to walk and an immensity in which to dream. Some flowers on earth and all the stars in the sky. Early in the month of October, 1815, about an hour before sunset, a man who was travelling on foot entered the little town of Day. The few inhabitants who were at their windows stared at this traveller with a sort of uneasiness, for his appearance was wretched. He was a man of medium stature, thick-set and robust in the prime of life. He might have been forty-six or forty-eight years old. A cap with a drooping leather visor partly concealed his face, burned and tanned by sun and wind and dripping with perspiration. His shirt of coarse yellow linen, fastened at the neck by a small silver anchor, revealed a hairy breast. He had a cravat twisted into a string, trousers of blue drilling, worn and threadbare, an old grey patched and tattered blouse, a tightly packed knapsack on his back, an enormous knotty stick in his hand, iron-shod shoes on his stockingless feet, a shaved head and a long beard. The sweat, the heat, the journey on foot, the dust, only added to the squalid effect. No one knew him. Whence came he? from the south, from the seashore, perhaps, for he made his entrance into day by the same street which seven months previously had witnessed the passage of the Emperor Napoleon on his way from Cannes to Paris. This man must have been walking all day. He seemed very much fatigued. Some women of the ancient market town which is situated below the city had seen him pause and drink at the fountain which stands at the end of the promenade. On arriving at the corner of the Rue Poichefer, he directed his steps towards the town hall. He entered, then came out a quarter of an hour later. A gendarme, seated near the door, followed him for a while with his eyes, and then entered the town hall. Meanwhile, the man bent his steps towards an inn bearing the sign of La Croix de Colbas. He entered the kitchen, which opened onto the street. All the stoves were lighted. A huge fire blazed gaily in the fireplace. The host was going from one stewpan to another, superintending an excellent dinner designed for a cluster of animated and laughing wagoners. A fat marmot, flanked by white partridges and heathercocks, was turning on a long spit before the fire. On the stove, two huge carp from Lake Lose and a trout from Lake Aloz were cooking. The host, hearing the door open and seeing a newcomer enter, said without raising his eyes from his stoves, "'What do you wish, sir?' "'Food and lodging,' said the man. "'Nothing easier,' replied the host. He turned his head, took in the traveller's appearance with a single glance, and added, "'By paying for it.' While the newcomer was warming himself before the fire with his back turned, the worthy host drew a pencil from his pocket, then tore off the corner of an old newspaper which was lying on a small table near the window. 
On the white margin, he wrote a line or two and then entrusted this scrap of paper to a child who set off at a run in the direction of the town hall, returning shortly with the paper. The host unfolded it eagerly and read it attentively, remaining thoughtful for a moment. Then he took a step in the direction of the traveller. "'I cannot receive you, sir,' said he. "'Bah, bah, but I'm dying of hunger. I've walked twelve leagues.' The host bent down to his ear and said in a tone which made him start, "'Go away. Your name is Jean Valjean. I sent to the town hall where you reported on your arrival, and they have confirmed this.' The man dropped his head, picked up his knapsack, and left, sad and humiliated. He did not turn round once. He met with the same treatment wherever he knocked. Night continued to fall. A cold wind blew down from the Alps. The moon was rising into a gloomy sky.